chapter 4. So 1 Timothy chapter 4, that's where we will be today, this morning. I'm just going to read the very first verse or part of it. It says, Now the Spirit expressly says that in the latter times some will depart from the faith. You know, for the last several weeks, we have been going through the different aspects of what it means to be pleasing to God. We've understood and we've boiled it down to understand that if we're going to please God, we have to live a life by faith. And a life by faith is manifested simply when we believe that God is, we believe that He has spoken, and we are obedient to His Word, and we trust Him wholly for the results, whatever they may be. But however, it just boils down to a choice whether we are going to be faithful to God and live a life by faith, by choosing to obey His Word, and then trust Him for the results. That is how we are pleasing to God. We just trust His Word is true, and we live our lives accordingly. You know, many times the, the Bible, you know, it, it encourages each and every one of us to walk by faith. We are the children of faith. We are to walk by faith and do what God has called us to do. And we're challenged in so many ways to, to run the race and to, and to fight the good fight. But we see so many people walking away from the faith, turning their back on it, never to return. Or maybe it, be, it may be for a time, but however, we see people walking away from the faith. We see the majority walking away from the faith. The numbers are horrifying. They're, ter they're terrifying when we look at the statistics of people who grow, grow up in church all through high school and in youth group and then, a then one or two semesters in college and they've walked away from the faith. You know how that number is. 85%. 85% of people walk away from the faith. We're talking about people who claim to be Christians, walk, growing up in Christian homes, going, growing up in church. And then a year or two after they have been launched from their homes and they're out on their own and, and, and making their own decisions and independent, 85% walk away from the faith. What is the faith? You know, we talked about living a life of faith. We talked about what faith is. But what is the faith? Well, it's simply the Christian way of life. It's the obedient life that, that, that uh, takes God's word and it holds God's, God and his word as the authority on what we do and how we live. And they walk away from that lifestyle. And for whatever reason it may be, they walk away. People walk away from the faith quite frequently. But the question I want to ask is why do they walk away? The fact of the matter is, is yes, they walk away from the faith. And we see a greater falling away than people who actually stay. But why is that? You know, we need to identify why do people walk away if we're going to fix the problem. So this morning, what I want to bring to you in this message is a warning against walking away from the faith. Not so much as the results of what happens when you walk away from the faith. I believe we've covered that. We understand when we willingly choose to walk outside of the obedience of God, we willfully choose death, evil, and curses as opposed to being, uh, choosing to an obedient life that brings life, good, and blessings. So I understand that we have an idea about what the results are. And if you've gone back and you read Deuteronomy chapter 28, you'll see the, the contrast there. And I hope that you took that time to read verses 16 through the end of the chapter to cultivate a fear of the Lord and, and obey Him when He calls us to. 
So it's not so much that we're going to be, be talking about the results of willfully choosing to walk away from the faith, but we, what I want to do is expose a couple of the reasons why people walk away from the faith. And the first thing that we're going to talk about here, this is the foundation of all of them. I must have big thumbs. I keep hitting that wrong button. There we go. The foundation for all reasons why people walk away from the faith is a lie. For one, other, for one reason or another, when people walk away from the faith, they turn their back on the Christian way of life, they turn their back on God and their Savior, it's because they have taken a lie, hook, line, and sinker. And they believe it to be the truth, therefore they walk away from the truth, being deceived. So the first thing I want us to see here in verse 1, it says, Now the Spirit expressly says that in the latter days, some will depart from the faith, giving heed to what? Deceiving spirits, giving heed to the lies of the devil. And they're giving heed to the doctrines of the demons, insomuch that it transforms them into someone who speaks lies and hypocrisy and having their own conscience seared with a hot iron without any consciousness about it or even any guilty conscience about speaking the lies that they have taken in and has caused them to walk away from the faith. I want you to understand that lies are the number one and probably the only reason why people will walk away from the faith. It just depends on what flavor they choose. There are several different lies that will cause someone to walk away from the faith. But if you'll just turn over to chapter 6 and verse 20, this is how Paul closes out this letter to Timothy. He says, oh, Timothy, guard what has been committed to you to your trust, avoiding the profane and idle babbles and contradictions of what is falsely called knowledge. He's saying avoid these things. Look at verse 21. It says, by professing it, some have strayed concerning the faith. So people turn their back on the Lord and walk away and choose a life outside of the Christian way of life, choose a life outside of faith, to choose a life that ultimately doesn't please God because they believe a lie. They believe it will be better for them or they believe that it's going to be something that they can take hold of and they believe the lie and they go off into the world and they turn their back on it. But these lies are the foundational reason why anyone walks away from the faith. One hears a lie, it may sound logical, it may sound good, it may bring them a pleasure, but the truth of the matter is, is the reason that why people believe a lie is why? Because they don't know what is true, right? Obviously, if you knew you were being lied to, you would say, uh, uh, that's not for me. And if Satan was to throw something in front of you that enticed you, and you were able to identify it as a lie, you say, look, that's not for me. I don't want to be lied to. But the, the problem is, is whenever we are getting told these lies from the world, it is because of an ignorance of what the truth is that gives us the inability to, ex to um, expose the lies in order to say, look, I don't want to have anything to do with it, in order to reject those things. As he said there in verse um, in verse 20, he said, avoid the profane and idle babblings and, and the contradictions of what is falsely called knowledge. It is falsely called knowledge. Lies are being, being, um, uh, being expressed as if they are true, and people buy it. 
And they only buy it because they don't have the truth that will expose what that lie is. How many of you have ever been lied to and believed it? How many of you got kids? Okay, right? So the only way that you can expose a lie is to know what really is true. And people will grab a hold of those lies. And as I said this morning, you know, the numbers are terrifying. 85% of our young people will walk away from the faith. They will walk away from the faith because they don't have the knowledge that is needed to expose the lies that come on to them whenever they go out on their own. They are prepared for everything else under the sun. We teach them how to drive. We teach them how to do basic work on their car. We make sure they can pass the ACT. We make sure they do good on their SAT. We make sure that they are prepared and ready for college. We give them them the ability to balance a checkbook and how to handle their finances. And we send them off prepared for those things. But we are failing to send our kids prepared for the lies that they're going to face when they step off into the world. If you really think about that, 85% walk away. That's an 85% failure rate for the church. Is that acceptable? Mm -mm. But they're believing lies. And maybe we're believing lies that we're doing our job the way that God wants us to. We need to make sure that we take hold of this and understand that we need to prepare Each and every one of us need to be prepared. When we step off into the world, we have to understand Satan is going to be lying to you. And it's going to sound good. It's going to sound logical. When we lean on our own understanding, we'll think that it'll be worth the sacrifice that we'll have to make. But the truth of the matter is, it's a lie. And we will swallow it if we don't know the truth. Our children will swallow it if we don't tell them the truth. So lies is the foundational reason why people will walk away from the faith. The second reason that I want to talk about today is they believe a lie of a lack of blessings. How many of you ever felt like you've done a job and you didn't get enough out of it? Oh, yes, no doubt. What you were rewarded with just did not seem to meet the effort or match the effort that you put in. I see a lot of people, whenever they come to following Christ, a lot of times they'll get discouraged. And they'll say, look, I'm not getting enough out of this. There's not enough in this for me to continue this way of life. And then they'll walk away because they believe in a lack of blessing. My friend, I want you to understand the promises of God will come. God is going to be faithful. When we meet the condition of his promise, God will come through. He may not come through on our timing. He may not come through in the way that we maybe have initially um, anticipated it. But when it comes to living a life that's pleasing to God and by faith, you do what he says and you trust him for the results. And to be honest with you, yes, there are rewards for us to, to claim in a life of faith. But I want you to understand if that is the only reason why we are doing it, we need, to be doing, we need to be doing it out of a love relationship, you know, with him. The, the rewards are there for our taking, true. But to be honest with you, whether, whether or not God blesses me the way I see fit or not is really none of my business. And whether God blesses me or not is really none of my business. My business is solely to do the work that God has put before me. And however and whenever he chooses to bless me, totally on him. But the question is, can you trust him? in that can you truly trust him that he is going to do what he says he's going to do are you going to trust that he's going to come through on his side of the deal if we just take a just a brief look we'll get into this here a little bit further 
But in verse 10, it says, For to this end we both labor and suffer reproach because we trust in the living God. Paul is willing to do whatever God has called him to do because he trusts in the living God. Do you trust God to handle his side of the deal? To come through and to be faithful on his promises. A lot of times we're looking for these blessings. We're looking for whatever we can get out of it. We're looking for things that will please us. We're looking for things that will, that will serve us. We see that a lot of times when people are shopping, you know, for churches. We heard about, you know, we, we know about, you know, church hoppers that are going around and they're looking for certain things and different things. And they're going to a church and say, well, look, you know, I'm out. This church doesn't have what I want for me and for my family. And they're looking for blessings without putting anything in. They're looking for the rewards without actually doing the work. They're looking for a church that will serve them rather than looking at a church and saying, look, I can bring something to the table. This is where I can serve. And they start looking around. They're not finding the blessings that they want, so they check out. So yes, people will walk away from the, from the faith because of a lie, of a lack of blessings. God just is not holding up his end of the deal. Well... I made these slides earlier. I had to put another one in. And I put this one in because it specifically talks about it. You know, a lot of times we're not really fulfilled or we're not satisfied with God's timing. We're not satisfied with God's blessings. We're not satisfied with doing the work that God has called us to do and then trusting him on his terms and doing the things that he would want us to do. But, but then, we, then we go and we start trying to chase other things down in order to fulfill those blessings and to fulfill the joy that we want. And oftentimes, many people turn to many different things in the world to do that. And one of those things that is specifically listed here in this letter to Timothy in, in uh, chapter 6 and verse 9, it says this, it says, But those who desire to be rich fall into a temptation and a snare and into many foolish and harmful lusts which drown men in destruction and perdition. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil for which some have strayed from the faith in their greediness and pierced themselves through with many sorrows." I am not someone who is against money. As a matter of fact, I would like to have a lot more of it. There's nothing wrong with money. There's nothing wrong with working and earning a wage and trying to earn more. But whenever you start to pursue money to replace the blessings that God has given and you start, you start to serve money and, and starting to pursue the things that will give you money in light of, instead of pursuing God and his riches and his blessings, then we have the problem. And many people have walked away from the faith chasing after money because of the things and the benefits that it will give them. And they've believed the lie that money will solve all the problems, that money will bring you joy, even a greater joy than living a life that follows Christ. So beware of that lie. Then we come to Laziness. People walk away from the faith simply because living a life by faith is work. A life of faith is not always the easiest route to take. It does take an effort on our part. If we take a look here in, uh, in chapter 4 in verse 8, it says, For bodily exercise profits a little, but godliness is profitable for all things having promise of this life that now is and of that which is to come. 
This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptance. Here it is. For to this end we both labor and suffer reproach. Paul says, to this end we labor. He's saying this is an effort. If you look at the life of Paul, it wasn't an easy road, was it? It cost Paul everything. And he worked really hard. He was very concerned with the people. He would go back and he would revisit those people and pour in his time and his energy and his effort into the, into the preaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And it was work for him. It required a lot of effort. A life of faith is no different. It requires work on everyone's part. We all have to see it. And many people walk away because they think, well, this is not exactly what I thought it was going to be. And they find themselves being apathetic and they check out because they don't want to put in the effort that it requires to follow Jesus Christ in the world in which we live. But I want you to understand this morning, if we want this church to grow, if we want, this, if we want to see people getting saved and getting baptized and being discipled here at this church, it will require work. It will require a sacrifice. It will require a diligent effort on our part to do what God has called us to do, to follow him and to live a life of faith. We're going to have to have people who are going to be willing to stand up and fill the voids that we have in order for us to see the results. It will take work. If we want to grow this work, if you want to see First Baptist Church grow, it requires work. And many people have walked away because the work is too great. You know, here in, the, here in the very near future, we'll be meeting with our nominating committees. And we will be soon talking about the places where we need people to volunteer. We have voids that need to be filled. We have, we have needs that need to be met in order for us to function efficiently and to do things well here at First Baptist Church. It would be really nice if we had a list that was just overflowing with people wanting to help, wanting to volunteer. And we have, we have, we have some that are willing to do anything that I ask of them. And I'm so thankful that we have those, but it's the same ones over and over again. And my fear is that they'll get burned out. Then when they burn out, nobody to, who's standing in line to take their place. It requires work. And many people have walked away from the faith because, you know, it's just too difficult. I don't want to put in the effort. And without putting in the effort, they don't ever see the blessings or the, or the benefits of their labor. You know, and it may be this morning that, you know, we have these voids because of laziness. I don't know if we do or not, but we do have voids. Would you agree? We have weak areas that need to be made strong. Does that happen without people? Does that happen without work? No, it, it doesn't. But we have to understand that we, in order for us to move forward and continue the work that God wants us to do, we do not need to believe the lie that following Jesus Christ is always the easy road. We don't need to believe the lie that following Jesus is not work because it truly is. And it requires a diligent effort on our parts to be actively involved and, and, to, and to carry out the Great Commission. I also found out when it comes to work, you know, there's plenty of willing people. You may have heard me say this. There's those who are willing to work and then there are those who are willing to let them, right? So we have to make sure we understand. We don't need to swallow the lie. You know, I don't want to, I don't want to tell you to stand before you and say that, you know, living, living a life of Christ is easy and it's, not, and it's not work, but the truth of the matter is it's tough. You know, it requires a lot of sacrifice. But according to what Romans chapter 12 tells us, it's pretty reasonable for us to give, a, give it up. We can do that. So outside of laziness, the last one is suffering. 
What we see here in verse 10, it says, for, this, for to this end we labor and suffer reproach. Now, why is Paul willing to labor and suffer? Why is he willing to do this? One, because God has given him promises, right? And he trusts God. If we go back up to verse 8 again, it says, having promise of the life that now is and that is to come. He understands that God has made promises and God is going to be faithful. And in verse 10, it says, for to this end, we both labor and suffer reproach because we trust in the living God who is our Savior of all men. He trusts God and he's willing to labor and suffer. If you remember the parable in Mark chapter 4 and verse 16, it says that these likewise are the ones sown on stony ground, who when they hear the word immediately receive it with gladness, and they have no root in themselves, and so endure only for a time. Afterward, when tribulation and persecution arises for the word's sake, immediately they stumble. I know that this is not a not a new situation or a new story. Many of you know people within your family and your church family and within your friends and you've heard stories about how families have gone through horrific tragedies. And because they have faced those horrific things, many times they walk away from the faith. And they face suffering. And it causes them to question everything and then turn their back on God because they're not really prepared. Or maybe they've believed a lie that a life following Jesus Christ is one without suffering or it's one without persecution. You know, some in our world today, they have been delivered a false gospel. Many have been delivered a false gospel that tells us this, that in following Jesus Christ, it's a way of life that will bring about a life without tribulation, without persecution. I'll put on the Lord Jesus Christ, just trust in Jesus and all of your problems will go away. If you have enough faith, you will no longer have any financial issues. If you have enough faith, then your marriage will be strong. If you have enough faith, your kids will grow up and be just fine. And what we find ourselves, we find ourselves blindly looking and trying to conjure up this thing called faith in order for our lives to be, to be just you know, carefree and without problems. And we find out that that's a losing battle. We find ourselves trying to conjure up all of this faith and to perfect our faith in that we can, we can uh, live a life without this tribulation. Well, that is a lie. You live out your life of faith, you will suffer persecution. You will, you will have tough times. Things will happen. And what happens is people try to conjure up this faith, they try to follow this lie, and they find that it's empty. And they find out that the more that they follow Jesus Christ, and very often it will lead them into times of suffering. And then they walk away from the faith. And because they were preached, this false Jesus, whenever they grab a hold of this false gospel, whenever tribulation and suffering comes along, they check out because it's a lie. In 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 12, it tells us this is yes, and all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. It's not the easiest road, but don't believe the lie. Now, I believe that we are very fortunate to live in a country that now is still free to preach the gospel. Okay, we're not suffering the persecution that many other countries are. 
I think very soon it's going to come and it's going to get ramped up really, really fast. I think we really need to be prepared. Because I think whenever the time comes, whenever, whenever we are continually being hammered on for preaching the gospel, and as we continually is getting ramped up that this Bible here is now being labeled as hate speech, and if we preach the things that are in it, we will be labeled as hate speech. We will be breaking the law. And people will come after us. And I believe because you believe a lie that you won't have to face persecution whenever that time comes, you will walk away from the faith if you are not prepared. And we do not want to be walking away from our faith whenever persecution arises. If we want to live a life that is godly and it follows Jesus Christ, we cannot put ourselves up on a pedestal thinking that our life will be absent of anything that Jesus Christ had to suffer. The most perfect man who ever walked on the face of the earth was beaten and put to death on a cross because of his obedience to the Father. We're not outside of that. So many people have believed the lie that suffering is not a part of living this life in this world. And they've taken that hook, line, and sinker so whenever the smallest bit of persecution or suffering hits them, they check out because they've believed that lie. But finally, as we prepare for a time of our invitation this morning, what do we do about this? You know, how do we prepare ourselves? How do we get ready for these, you know? Obviously, what we talked about to begin with is that all of these are just some flavor of a lie that Satan is going to use over and over and over again in order to get you discouraged, in order to get you to walk away from the faith. If he can get you to walk away from the faith and to believe a lie then he has become successful and we have failed, though we may fail and not even know it. So what do we do? According to what we see here in verse 7, it says, but reject profane and old wives' fables and exercise yourself toward godliness. Reject the lies and exercise yourself toward godliness. Exercising yourself toward godliness calls us to do what? That is a work, is it not? It's something that we're going to have to work at doing. And you're going to have to exercise yourself towards godliness if you plan on rejecting the lies that are out there. Because the only way that you can know that they're lies and be able to reject them is that you must know what the truth is. And the truth just does not happen automatically. And what you get fed here on Sunday mornings in your classes and on Wednesday nights, it is not enough. It requires a daily devotion on your part to exercise yourself towards godliness. In order to be prepared and in a place where you need to be to expose the lies that Satan is going to throw on you. In order for our children to be prepared when we send them off into the world for them to deal with the lies that Satan is going to throw at them, we need to make sure that they are what Timothy was here in verse 6. It says, if you instruct the brethren in these things, you will be a good minister of Jesus Christ, nourished in the words of faith and in good doctrine. You must be nourished in the words of faith. So the question must arise, are you nourished in the word of faith? Are you nourished in the word of faith and in good doctrine? The question I want you to understand this morning, if you are not, the warning is for you. Because you may very well take one of these lies, hook, line, and sinker, because you don't have what you need. You're not nourished in the faith in order to expose that lie and you may be taken in and find yourself walking away from the faith. This morning, I want you to be aware of the lies that will draw you away from God in the lifestyle of Christianity. I want you to be careful 
and to whenever you establish yourself, nourished in the Word, knowing the Word, continue to live that life of faith and only stop when Jesus comes back. Are you prepared? Are our children prepared? If we're not prepared, we can't prepare our children, correct? So this morning, during this time of invitation, I would like for you to pray. Pray for our church. Pray that God will put a burden on your heart to make sure that we get prepared. And we want to take, a, take our place in this community and to do what God has called us to do. Because we don't want to walk away from the faith. We have plenty of people who are doing that. That's already covered. We need to bring them back in. We need to stop the bleeding where, it's, where it is right now. We don't need to lose even one more. Let's pray. Father, we want to thank you so much for your word today. God, we thank you so much for the truth that you have given us in your word. We thank you that we have it available to us. Father, that we can learn from it. We can live our lives accordingly. And that Satan doesn't have a chance against the truth. Father, I pray that there are some here today that need to make a decision whether it's to recommit their lives to, to you, Father. And Father, if there's some that are on our hearts even now that we're thinking about, the ones who have walked away from the faith, Father, may we lift them up this morning and pray that you will use us to go speak to them the truth that they need to hear and to turn back to you in repentance and in faith towards Jesus. I just want to pray these things in the name of your Son. Amen. Let's stand. Let's have a hymn of invitation this morning. If the Lord's dealt with your heart today, I pray that you'll do business with him during this time.